You've got a really itchy foot. <laughs> Hello, everybody, and welcome to a miscellaneous podcast that I don't have a name for because it's got Match three Day games Match Day 39. Yeah. <laughs> and 40 and 41. the overseas one, is that? <laughs> yeah. Oh, God, that's really just going to be a thing, isn't it? Like, not officially, but it will be a thing. Super um, copper. It's the compromise. Get on with it. Yeah, that's expanded as well. Um, yeah, we have three games to talk about. I am Ewan Burns. I've got Kevin with me. How are you, Kevin? I'm good. Yeah, not too bad. Thank you. What shirt have you got on, Kevin? I've got, I'm well, you know, just, <laughs> just purely out of chance, uh, I've picked up my Verona <laughs> shirt. Um <laughs> You know, uh, which, which which you know they might they might come up in tonight's discussion, but um, oh, I can yeah. tell you they will. Um, and Connor is here as well. How are you? Got a second itchy foot. I now have two itchy feet. Well, at least it can't get any worse. In theory. <laughs> well, you don't know how many feet I've got. <laughs> I don't know how to respond to that. I'm going to move on. It's weird, um... <laughs> isn't it? People are going to think this is weird. But it's yeah, important well, you, for us because we you, regularly have podcasts that you host me on. It does feel weird to me. I, I think I've hosted with the two of you before. For a second, I didn't. I wasn't sure if Vito was going to be with us or not. I don't think I've ever hosted with all four of us. So I, that, that, I can't think why that would have ever cropped up. It's but, usually um, Connor dialing in from somewhere, though, yeah. if you're hosting. And then yeah, like a Euro one or something. Pops up from the Olympico with Mackenzie. <laughs> or alone from the San Siro, as I've done. Mm-hmm. For some, I wasn't, for some reason, my brain didn't quite catch what you said then, and I, I, my head went to Weston McKenney. And I was like, when did that happen? <laughs> when, when did he pop up with someone who's been at Leeds for half the season? <laughs> Might be popping up with him sometime in the future, but let's not get into that. Yeah. Let's, let's also, also, let's not do that. Um, <laughs> um, yeah, we've got three games. The stupid Serie A relegation playoff, which we'll begin with. Um, I suppose it's probably the main one of the three. Serie B promotion playoff, which was probably had the most drama, at least the most dramatic moment. Um, and the under-20 World Cup final, because Italian <laughs> teams can't didn't have win any. finals. <laughs> um, that'll be at the end. But yeah, we'll start with this area one. I mean, if anyone's missed it, this has happened because... Make sure I get this right. A rule change means that head to head, I will. A rule change means that head to head cannot decide 17th and 18th or first and second. Spezia had the better head to head, they are the robbed team here, yeah. Um, even more so because they then got beat, but that was always going to happen, wasn't it? As soon as this happened, they were going to lose it, they were going to lose the game. I I was somewhere else, and at halftime of what I was at, I checked. The, I just about managed to load the score, and I saw three one, and I was like, "Right, well, it's an interesting game, which I didn't expect." Um, you know, I, I kind of thought it would just be the most hideously cagey thing in the world, um, but also I just immediately thought that's really cruel. Um, you were there, yeah, at the Mape. Yeah, it was eventually decided it would be at the Mape. Um, not all of the map, eh? just a bit of the map. Explain that, because that, that's a bit unusual, isn't it? Um, Yeah, not really, but also, yeah, because of the the fact that there's three teams involved and why it's unusual. But yeah, yeah. There, there were security concerns, which initially led to the decision to not have the game played in Reggio Emilia. Um, 
which was the all which was always the logical destination because it's basically halfway between Verona and Spezia. So instead, they decided to play it in Udine, which is seven hundred kilometers from one of the teams and two hundred from the other. Um, everyone in Spezia kicked off about it, including the mayor, and they were like, "Right, fine, we'll put it in Reggio Emilia." Um, there were policing concerns because there's a big Italian artist who was doing a couple of concerts this weekend, and there were other events in the city. And then to add to that. They were taking two teams who don't like each other. And both of those two teams also have a really bad relationship with Reggiana, who are the team who play in the Mape Stadium as well as Sassuolo. So there was a lot going on. There were there were fears that there there would be three sets of fans clashing or coming together where they shouldn't be or coming together in other places. And the Mape Stadium, it's it's quite easy. We <laughs> we didn't get the luxury of coming at it from the side, so you'll find this hard to believe. But it's really, really easy to get from one end of the ground to the other, depending on which way you go. Unfortunately, the way we needed to go that way that day wasn't the case. So there there were fears that you could quite easily get from one stand into the other if if trouble was to break out. Um, and then, yeah, the the fact that there was a third team, the local team, um, involved as well, caused some concerns. So that's why it was it was basically shut off on one side of the stadium. But I will say there were fans in each of the four stands. It wasn't as empty as it looked. the The stand that has the camera in it had quite a lot of people in the top section, at least. The far stand, which is the one that the camera is facing, looked completely empty. But there was a small section of Spazia fans up towards the back of one of those blocks. And then both ends were full, as you'd expect. For anyone listening, if if you don't have, if, if you can't muster an image of Italy in your head, have a look at a map right now. Find find Verona and find La Spezia. And then find Udine. It's mad. <laughs> it's so like, like I, I know in my head where those places are anyway, but when you stick the map in front of your face, it gets even more mad. Yeah, it's silly, isn't and it's, it? Like, you've got, like even stick it in like would it need to be in an existing serie ground does that have to happen is that a rule probably but just because a lot of serie b grounds aren't technically up to the standard yeah var i imagine they would have wanted yeah um, yeah the facilities yeah. so like but geographically yeah geographically okay. reggio Emilia does make the most sense but then you've got all of that stuff going on mm. Bologna is really not all that different. It's a little bit further no, for both. No, pa- Parma is actually the one that makes the most sense um, because of the road oh, yeah, that's why and the train network as well. What sort but of you can have. Parma didn't want it. So there were only four cities <laughs> in Italy that asked, that volunteered themselves. Kev, you did it. It was Florence. Was it Florence? Um, Lecce or someone in, someone in Puglia was like, <laughs> yeah, we'll do it. Which you laugh, Ewan. That would have been better than... Udine because at least both teams are having to travel then do you know like yeah, it's, it's just it's still stupid like yeah. it's all it's all daft i reckon it's probably 700 kilometers from verona to puglia it's 700 kilometers from spezia to Udine, which they were mm. gonna do um stick it in san Siro, it, it should have been in emilia romagna from the off um, but only one city in emilia romagna wanted to host it i think and it was reggio um mm. but then there were the or Reggio didn't want the host or something. I don't know. It was a mess. But anyway, common sense prevailed after everyone kicked off about the stupidity of the initial decision. And it was Verona that won. Yeah, but um, I'm sorry to do this. 
I don't want to talk about the game to start with because the Verona fans were racist throughout the whole match. I and was going to ask if you wanted to talk about that. So I, don't, I don't think we, off, off we you can. Go. That's why I'm another guy sitting there in his shirt. Um, because like <laughs> it, it's yeah, you're racist. <laughs> but, <laughs> I did, I did, I did get a sense that might come up if I did put it on. But I thought, well, as as I realise that you know me better, there's and other people know me better. Yeah, um, but Kev's not racist. Uh, Kev's less of an issue. The opposite of that. Um, At least not on it. Look. I was a bit annoyed on the night and it was a bit upsetting because not only did Verona stay up, Cagliari also got promoted and think back to all of the racist incidents that happened the last time Cagliari were in Serie A and it was always them or Verona, wasn't it? And Mm. we've got another season where there's been racist incidents more than once and fucking nothing's been done about it. Um, I just started like, because I thought I heard it after about three minutes, and I thought, I think I know what that is. But th- there is a similar sound that Italian fans do just to put people off. So it's it's often hard to differentiate between the two. And I was like, I'll, I'll keep I'll keep watching this. And then within like three minutes of that happening, it was just evident that they weren't doing it when anybody other than Mbala and Zola was near the ball. And I was like, right. What differentiates him from every other Spezia player on the pitch? It doesn't take a genius to work it out. And then when he actually is involved in an incident that's a little bit contentious, where he gets a little bit animated, the monkey chants got louder and louder and louder. And at one point, after Spezia got their goal that leveled it up, Inzola went into the goal to get the ball. And then it went off again. And as he was going away, Orsato and him had a chat now i didn't see who initiated that chat now it's equally as likely that anzola said ref can you do something about this as it is that orsato had a word with him for going into the net and taking the ball because then people started moaning and kicking off and that often happens right but the fact that nothing was done at any point i couldn't get my head around it because there's no way, and I was watching Anzola closely, there's no way he didn't know what was happening. There's no way he didn't hear it, which means there's no way Orsato wasn't aware of what was going on. And I was sitting there because I wanted to get video of the, the fan, audio, but in video form of the fans doing it. And it just so happened that while Anzola was getting ready to take and then miss a penalty late in the game, let's be honest, I'm not, sure his head was in it because he was getting racially abused the whole night um there's this one fella that you can see quite clearly in the video and i posted this on twitter just doing the noise and i i don't think it came across in it i don't think i actually posted this photo but i'm gonna show you a photo i took of right so you can see there the fella's there how many stewards can you see in that photo Oof. right there's, 10. there's a lot sitting there and there's a few more down that end those stewards were all there when this man is in the middle of them making monkey noises and he's on his own doing it in this section i should say no one did anything i've uh, the quick bit on the stewards i think there there are you know there are so many examples i could give you where they're almost there just in a 
you know, visual capacity I, and very little else. I agree with that. And I do often defend sewers because I wrote an article a couple of years ago about how badly they are treated and the hours they get and, mm. and the money they're paid. But what I will say is I'm in the press box here, right? And as I'm leaving the press box, there's four rows of seats. Is there three? I think there's three or four rows of seats in the Mape press box. I was in the front row and at the back. So only four more rows back. There's four Carabinieri standing there. What are they doing? Well, yeah. they probably well probably don't want the paperwork. I think the other issue for me with this is that so you're you're there in the stadium, you know, because you know I was watching it from afar on TV. The noise and you know I was only made aware of it when you sort of sent something through on you know on the on the chat that we had, and so it wasn't. You know, it wasn't very clear in the stadium. You know, European football, Italian football has got such a bigger sort of route to people now. But really, you don't hear of anything unless a player, you know, makes a stand on the pitch and then it gets a little bit of traction. And I think part of the problem with that is because so much of the coverage, you know, of, of, of all European leagues is done inside a studio. Mm. So they get the same sort of filtered down probably stadium noise and crowd noise what we get, and also they haven't, you know, you 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 know you're they're not in the they're not effectively not in the stadium, are they? You you pick up, you know, you get a, a much a much better view of the game, and I was nearly called it the culture, but you know, just just the stadium atmosphere outside. I think otherwise, the, the fact that so many people can watch Italian football these days. If we hadn't kind of moved to this sort of virtual comment commentary stance, I wonder whether that over the last sort of decade or so would have sort of driven some of this, you know, a little bit further forward. But I think they can kind of close their eyes and their ears mm. to it because it doesn't get a lot of media attention outside of Italy well, and other countries, you know, Spain and I, I will say after I started talking about it, a couple of people then popped up because people shared the tweet that I posted and then the replies to that I was seeing that a couple of people were saying you could hear it on the time so maybe it was one of those things that once you heard it you became aware mm. of it and you heard it every time but it, it does take that first it, it needs to register with you that first time there's no way that Enzola didn't hear it not a chance because you could see he wasn't like looking up at them but you could see just his movement they weren't quite right there was something a little bit off there I'll tell you what, I'm fucking annoyed that Verona stayed up because there's not a lot of teams here that when you go and see them, you're guaranteed to hear someone be racially abused. Verona are fucking one of them, particularly when they play away. I don't know if it's because everyone's it's had a now. bit of a drink. <laughs> exactly. But thankfully, I'm never going to go to a Cagliari game. Sorry, I'll meet you in Puglia for Serie B instead. Get. But it's <laughs> it's grim. Like, it's genuinely grim. So you're looking ahead at the calendar next season. You're thinking... Should I go to Verona Juve? I mean, it's a good game, isn't it? But I'll probably have to listen to to Pogba and Moiskin get monkey chance thrown at them. And uh, nothing <laughs> be, will be done be, about it. That's the thing. They'll be sold by then. <laughs> Juve yeah. need money. <laughs> Pogba's <laughs> sorry. sorry, sorry to uh, to to joke a no, serious right. subject. It's it, it's annoying because we do have to talk about it when it happens, right? And the the. Pl- I I hate to say this, but the only way anything will ever happen 
is if the players start to flag it. The responsibility should not be on the players to flag it. Look what we've seen in Spain in the last couple of months, with the last couple of years. Vinicius flags racist abuse and it amplifies to the point where it sounds like the whole of a stadium is racially abusing him. And then in the newspapers the next day, the articles that are written are, well, why is it only Vinicius that gets racially abused? It's because he provokes everyone. Is it fuck? Everyone's getting it. He's the only one taking a stand against it. And then you use that to as an, another thing to beat him with. So I can't blame Manzola for not making a fuss over it because how can he? If you, you know, only do this if it's not going to depress you too much, but if you go on Twitter and type in Verona racism, <laughs> as I've done, is you just scroll down and because of the way that Twitter works now, you get stuff from all manner of years thrown at you. There's it's just every single year that there's some sort of different thing involved. You know, obviously the, the biggest one is the Balotelli one in 2019. Um, but there's just, you know, there's stuff from Forza Italian football in 2014 here where Ellis Verona are rebuking a racism punishment and all that sort of stuff. And there's, um, there was one to do with uh, Franck Kessier in 2019 as well. There's just, if you go back, there's just year Every after year, year after year. But it is examples involving one club, and it's you know there are other clubs that have done it as well. Do you know what? Do you know what really pisses me off? They're the only ones that get publicised. It happens every fucking week. Like not at every. It doesn't happen every week at every club. It it does there. It's a bit like I tell you what. Tell you what this is like with Verona racism. It's like the Juve thing with general rule breaking that you know that that phrase i can't remember who, who it was who coined it first but the it's never only you though but it's, it's always, always you, that, yeah it, it's like that that they're, they're never the only team in a season who have had fans who've done this but they're always one of the teams who have done it and you could probably say the same for calorie yeah and now we have them both <laughs> yeah and it doesn't it doesn't help right there's 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 attitudes that aren't helpful it it's not helpful to say oh well it's italy because that's bollocks like not every Italian person is, but it's it's a stupid art, and it really pisses it's me developed off. Developed Western nation, but there are yeah, and th- there are really problematic attitudes here, and you get that when fucking Gasparini comes out after Vlaovic is racially abused in Bergamo, and he says, "Ah, oh, we need to focus on real racism. This isn't, this isn't real, right?" And it's like, come off it. There's things you know, again scrolling about. There's things like uh, even even Urich saying that what Balotelli experience wasn't racism and so yeah all these people who think that they've essentially white yeah. people who think that they've got a correct definition of what racism is and mm. try and project it onto people of color it's insane yeah but yeah they won that's obviously Kes, like, um, who was who was throwing his match <laughs> runner on the way on the, on the day Cyril Ngonj I wonder what he makes <laughs> of it um, mm. I thought you were going to say no. Um, um, oh, do, Jesus but, um, Christ, he had a bad day, didn't he? <laughs> he had a terrible game. Uh, well, a terrible day, I should say. Actually, I don't think he performed too badly. He obviously scored one. <laughs> he scored, scored he two scored other two goals efforts. for the other team, Kev. <laughs> yeah, but he, you know, he had a, he had a terrible run of luck. Twice. Yeah, he had a, a terrible run of luck, but I think he, 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 he was didn't a major protagonist too badly. Yeah. Good God! Not in a way that he'd like. I did feel um, bad for him. He's had what is that? Three straight relegations now at three different clubs. Yes, yeah. <laughs> that might be the end of his Italian adventure. I'm not sure. 
Um, oh. I wouldn't blame him necessarily. He might be thinking, right, I'm cursed here. Mm. <laughs> I'm cursed here, and there's other reasons I might not stick to be around. Fair, I think he's been all right this season, hasn't he? I didn't think he was great yeah. with, with Venezia last season. I thought he was... No, he wasn't, but also no one was. Yeah, um, that's fair. He's one of those he's situations also... where nobody thrived or anything. He's also still very young, isn't he? It's, he's is one he? of those that he's made his debut at like seven, 17, so he's still only like he's... 21 or 22. I'd have put him at about... Yeah, he's 22 now, which is his birthday. Yeah, yeah. He's not old. Because he he started very young, so Sub- you think September. he's still got 10 years. But, um, yeah. Yeah. Uh, arguably still learning the but game. I, but, uh... Unlucky, Ethan. I, I think we should probably like cut him some slack and talk about Cyril and Gonge because he was excellent for... Verona and I can't see him being there next season because he's too good to be playing for for that crock of rubbish to be honest with you um, so I'd, I'd very much like to see him get a move there seems to be a lot of assumption that Anzola is going to Fiorentina oh is the Roma the thing gone cold well uh, they are supposedly getting Skamaka instead but you know supposedly supposedly um, but the Inzola thing obviously is quite interesting because he signed that new contract about about a month ago, mm. and it was a bit like, "What was? You know, surely this is one of two things: one one of them being protect his value for if they go down, because he can't be he can't be committing for the long haul <laughs> in that sense, because he he's a, he's a Serie A striker; he should be in yeah. in like, um, and it seems like he will, so that's nice." Yeah, I, I, I like having him about. I, I'd like Jazzy to get a move as well, but on the same, the other side of that coin, I want Spezia to come back up. So if they keep hold of some strong players, they're more likely to come back up. Um, but yeah, like Inzola's excellent, isn't he? He shouldn't be playing in Serie B. Yeah. So for the sake of clarity, promoted teams are Cagliari, Frosinone, and Genoa. It feels like so long ago that they got confirmed. I was going to say, yeah, the first it was, but... is ages ago, isn't it? Yeah. Um, and down is Spezia, Cremonese, and Samp. If Samp, if Samp weren't significant, I'd have had the same problem there of it being ages ago and not remembering who <laughs> it was. But they're because I got relegated in February. Exactly. <laughs> I think February might be kind. Um, but uh, in terms of how Calgary got here here, not here, got to Serie um, They beat Barry, which, you know, this is another situation where I'm not happy about the outcome. <laughs> um, not even for the various things we've just said about Calgary, but there's also just the simple fact that they were there the season before, so it's that's just automatically less interesting, and they've been in Serie for a long time. Barry haven't been in it since 2010-11, I think I read earlier. Um, and they only just got back up to Serie B as well. It would have been back-to-back. And it's one of the best cities in the world, having been there once. Barry. Well, sort of twice, but within a two-week period, so I, I kind of class it as once. Um, yeah, it's just a superb place. And I just, he just would, he would have been really cool. And like in, in that, that playoff second leg, the San Nicola looked incredible. Um, you know, it, it's one of them stadiums that is completely at odds with the sort of size of the team um, in, in competitive sense. And it would have been really, really cool. And it's not to be. Are, are we all sad about that? Yeah. You don't have to be. Yeah, absolutely. Just a <laughs> yeah. yeah. I was no, thinking yeah. of moving there if they got promoted. I'm devastated. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I'm devastated, particularly in, in the fashion that it, 
happened. Like, so there's mm. there's there's very much two sides of this, and I, I think it's only right that we address it from both angles. But first, let us do the sad one because Barry, the way it works in in the Serie B playoffs is that penalty shootouts don't exist. So if it's a draw at the end of ninety minutes, you go to extra time, and if it's a draw after extra time, the team which finished higher up in the table gets promoted unless the teams finish level on points then there is a penalty shootout um complications but barry were it was obviously level 1-1 after the first leg and it was scoreless in the 90th minute of the second leg so barry weren't seconds away from getting promoted they were seconds away from going to extra time and then getting promoted at the end of extra time and claudio ranieri threw on Leonardo Pavoletti in the 90th minute and then he scored the winner in the 91st or something like just see people that are pro playoff and I think I'm I've grown over the years I've I've, I've become anti playoff okay because those those people that are for the playoffs will always throw up the examples like Cagliari you know the last minute goals and all these other all these other sort of last gasps but you know, almost the Italian way is terrible because you don't get that drama. Imagine if it had just finished nil nil, because there would have been a, an outpouring of emotion from the Bari fans. But actually, it would have kind of you know, you've, you've you've dragged out the season to watch a game that can end, you know, with a bit of a whimper. Um, the, the the play, I think the playoff games I really dislike is what we've seen in um, in Germany this year, where the 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 team you have this um i don't even know what they call it but where the the the, the intra division playoff yeah and, and, and you know stuttgart have just smashed hamburg and it's like well okay thanks you've jagged our season out for two more games to get us watch get us what uh, watch us get smashed by uh, a, a team that you know have just got a second chance to stay mm. in the top flight of their particular division it does feel like across Europe the whole playoff system because I know you know it's to generate drama and for the EFL in in England it's to generate a bit of revenue through the ticket sales that because they play at the national stadium and also the uh, television money but they still don't make anywhere near as much like a third of their revenue is the league cup semi-finals which they insist on playing over two legs for that season so there must be a better way for leagues to sort of you know, stir up that drama and I, you know, and and the income from it. I take your point on playoffs generally, but I think Serie B's playoffs are the best playoffs in the world because there's so much to it. It's great, but there's the stuff at the start where there's yeah, only one leg, the and then there's two legs. It's great. You know? It's great. You want yeah. to go in the playoffs? You get in the playoffs. It's it's the best. But then you've almost you've got too many teams in it. So yeah, his comparison to not being it. But no, 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 no. <laughs> so that that stops the regular season games getting boring at the end of the season. Because how many teams are in Serie B? I actually, it is twenty now. I think. Uh, no, I think it's yeah. twenty now. Um, but you could this, be. Yeah, this is where you get into the Belgium like model though, where it like cuts in half, and then suddenly you've got well, a team, a team way. that was finished, yeah, finished first, ended up that, though, bottom of a fourteen table. Like, it's like oh. How often in a season do you get teams in 10th who just, but like from March, we've nothing left we can do. But if you're sitting in mid-table, you could go down as far as 14th and you think, we've got a chance of getting into 8th and that's probably a playoff place. So everyone still has more to play for until the end of the season. 
I suppose what the 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 balance you have to strike with all these things, and you, you know, you're never going to please everyone. Is the two things are entertainment value and it being competitively sound in the sense. So so things like what's happened in Serie A has gone wrong in the sense that I'd say that that's not competitively sound the way that they've done that. I think the way the Serie B ones work. I think it just about works. It certainly works for entertainment value because it's absolutely mad the way that people can shoot up and down and stuff. There's certainly no discussion to be had there as to whether it's fun. Um, it's just whether it gets to a point where you think teams are routinely getting like really hard done by or whatever. So, like an example was in the National League in England this season with Notts County and Wrexham both having a ridiculous number of points. But the way the league were, only one of them could go up, and Notts County very nearly didn't go up despite finishing. They nearly got knocked out in the playoffs by a team they finished like 20-something points mm. ahead of in the regular table, which you can look at that and go, that seems like there might be a hole in the system somewhere there. But, I mean, I wouldn't know off the top of my head, but is, is there a, a team in Serie B recently who could feel like something like that's happened to them? Um, so I don't, I don't know if it's like... Barry finished third. We're also, you know, we're still flogging these players, you know, not to, you know... Mm. Pep Guardiola oh, yeah, said it after the Champions discussion. League. It's like, and that's that. I think that's part of the discussion because, you know, these players flogged themselves for so long for their efforts across the season to actually mean something, not two games when they're mentally yeah. and physically fatigued. To you know, and they make mistakes, and you know, maybe score a couple of own goals or whatever. And I think that that's an argument to have is that actually you're you're doing them down because you know you're 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 effectively just collating their entire effort across 38 games generally speaking i really dislike playoffs for that very reason because a team can finish 20 points above another and the other team can go up despite five teams finishing ahead of them but there is something about the serie v playoffs that i really really like um they used to be better because it used to you used to not know how many teams were going to be in the playoffs until the season was finished and it was done on points difference could you do you think you could do like points thresholds for the team outside the automatic place? So say, say for argument's sake, Barry finished fifteen points ahead of fourth. Well, this is what Serie B used you could to go, do. Okay, that's too many. Serie B three, used to do three that. automatic. If the top three were ten points or more clear of fourth, the top three just went up, mm. and then it depended. Like there could be a fourteen playoff. Or there could be a six-team playoff, or even like an eight-team playoff. It was it was mad. Yeah, because that feels like um, it would have been Sunday league or something where a few of us stopped playing properly, uh, you know, on Saturdays. So we all said, "Oh, let's go and play for fun on a Sunday." We got entered into this league. We must have won the league by about thirty points. So they were like, "You're not going up to Div Two. You're going up to like the like the Premier, like two above Div Two because you finished sort of thirty points." You know, you, we were smashing teams, <laughs> and it's like, yeah, it does feel like there needs to be a you know levels for that to be considered. Um, word on Ranieri. He's one of them people that you just sort of like to see. Pleased. Do nice things. Yeah, and he had a big old cry at the end. Oh, cause... the big old cry. Did you just watch the video with the sound on and you can hear the cry? The sobbing. Mm. Oh. It's it nice, isn't like it? A murder. He's one of the uncles of Italian football. He's just one of those. He's in the, the Carlo Ancelotti bracket, isn't it? That if you don't like mm. him, you're the problem there. You want a yeah, you want a big snot bubble, don't you, with a big sob. <laughs> 
I personally in want is a strong word. In, hi, in, in HD. <laughs> so you can, you can... Necessary beast stuff's in HD. <laughs> I can see. I couldn't even find it live somewhere for free. That was how bad it was. What are we doing? Of it. It's hard work finding the highlights. Brands, you get that um, back on track, will you? Actually, quick, quick moment. I know it's a thing that Serie B media is horrendous with how they do their own stuff. Highlights of that still aren't on their YouTube channel. No way. Is that true? We're, that was played more than 48 hours ago. The first leg ones went up four days ago. <laughs> like it really threw me because I was, I was trying to find because I, I was busy that night. So I was trying to find them afterwards. And I was like, it wasn't 1 1. This isn't the right game. <laughs> <laughs> it's just, they just haven't done it, and it's still the case. They're all on holiday. That, that's why Venezia set up that funny Twitter page in the Venezia yeah. Classics, where they're like, here, we're dredging one up from the archives of two weeks ago. Because yeah, because we the club the aren't allowed to use them for a week <laughs> after, right? It's yeah. unbelievable. I know Serie A clubs are allowed to use their highlights at 12 p.m. the next day. Hmm. Why can't Serie B do that as well? Like, good God. It's premium content. Um, yeah, so that's happened. Yeah, the nice element of it is is Ranieri. There you go. Under-20 World Cup. Italy reached the final. Another Italian team in the final because they've been in all of them. Not it followed the trend. Me, <laughs> Good God. Trend was ruthlessly followed. Not ruthlessly. It's not only got battered. But um, again, obviously I was away. But based on what a lot of people were saying... It never really looked like Italy were going to win this game of football. And that is how it transpired. Kev, you were watching the whole thing, I believe. Yeah, yeah, I, I covered this and I was I was quite looking forward to it because, you know, I won't I won't lie and say I watched any of the previous rounds, but I'd read, you know, some of our write ups and seen some of the clips on, on social media and and Italy had generally done quite well. And they went into the game to face a Uruguay side that had kept five clean sheets in six. So I kind of expected Uruguay to be the side sort of trying to stop this free score in Italy. And Italy never really got into a rhythm and partly because Uruguay really controlled the game in midfield and were far more impressive than I sort of expected them to expected them to be. Um, it was it, it was a very attritional game though. There, there wasn't a lot of chances. The pitch was fucking oh, atrocious. God. You know, just when they were doing some slow mos on, you know, of players like trying to play through balls and blimey, it was bouncing like a rugby ball, let alone a football at times. Um, so I think for the sake of everybody watching, although it was a shame to see Italy lose in the 86th minute after their general tournament performance. I don't think anybody inside the stadium, outside the stadium, wanted to sit through another 30 minutes and, and penalties. Actually, if it had gone to penalties, I could probably have seen someone scuffing the ball over the bar because of the, the, the quality of the pitch that they were playing on, which is, I suppose, a real shame. I don't know if they could have... There's so many pitches in Argentina. Obviously, they played it in La Paz, you know, a, a bit away from where uh, a lot of the domestic top-flight football goes on in Buenos Aires, but... Um, if, you know, I I just felt they they must have had a better pitch than that somewhere for for at least the final. Considering you don't need a big venue, you don't need you don't need to sell it to you know fifty thousand people. Yeah, you just need to. Yeah, like literally in that sort of situation where that tournament doesn't exist to make money. Yeah, obviously, obviously they will 
have found ways to make sure it does make some money, but that is not the primary point of it. It's you know it's it's a, essentially a feeder tournament to senior international football. So really, the pitch and whether you can get some fans in <laughs> should should be the the primary concern. Apparently, it was not. Where did you say it was played? La Plata. La Plata. La, oh right, I, say, I thought you said La Plata. The Paz, yeah, yeah, they played it in the Paz in uh, altitude, yeah. (laughs) And also not in Argentina. Yeah, Um, Cesare Casado was very much the main dude for Italy in the whole thing. Um, Was it seven goals he ended on? Yeah. Which, bear in mind, that's from midfield. Yeah, it's silly, isn't it? It's silly. I think only one penalty Um, as well. There was a a late penalty mm. against England when they won 2 1 in the. Last sixteen, Whee. but um, <laughs> but but yeah, he was he was kind of you know absent. He was you, know, you barely saw him get involved. Um, I'm trying to think of the lad who was I actually thought looked quite. But again, I was trying to. He wore number twenty. Is it Pafundi? Pafundi. And but then I was trying to work out. You know when sometimes someone just sound really odd, but looks like a footballer. You know, they're quite yeah, short. Yeah. He might have even had like partially rolled down socks. You know, he's not gone all like rolled down socks, but so he's got a really low center of gravity. Sort of, he jinks away from people. Now, I don't, I don't know if I, then my, my eyes were being like sort of deceiving me just because he looked like a, mm. you know, a really lovely little footballer. No, I get what you mean. You get that as well with um, when I go to League of Ireland games when I'm back home. You get the players that stand out because you're like. And I've always said this to my mate that some players look like a footballer, and it does make you like think that they're better than they might be. But Pafundi's definitely one of them. But it does make me think, right? So Pafundi was in the Italy squad going back to what was it September, October, and everyone thought Mancini was mad. And then he became Italy's youngest debutant in a hundred years, um, and everybody thought Mancini was mad because he played about three minutes for Udinese until that point. He didn't play for Udinese after that and he's been in Italy first team squad since seeing him a bit at this under 20 World Cup it does make me wonder what are Udinese doing play him he is excellent and Mancini's gone as far as to say that he's the first player on his squad list as well hasn't he it's very odd isn't it it feels like when when Mourinho occasionally just picks a player (laughs) yeah that, that, that becomes like his kid like yeah. it, was, it was McTominay, you know. He just he just would not stop saying good things about Scott McTominay out of nowhere. Um, Nobody else was. And if, well, that's the thing. <laughs> if, if, you, if you listen to people close to the United Academy, they say that McTominay was never one of the ones they were like, oh yeah, he'll be he'll be in the first team for years kind of thing. Um, obviously, he was a very good player, but he wasn't one of the, the stars kind of thing. Um, to be fair, who would that be at Roma right now? Would it be Zalewski? Who is very good. No, but I was about to say, he's, Mourinho he's really better likes than... Him. Bove, he loves Bove. Mm. Yeah, true. Because he just so does like, that everything. He'll play anywhere. I just mean, it feels like there should be one that he's just plucked out of nowhere. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> no one was expected to really do anything. But anyway, um, that takes us to the end, does it not? I think so. You, bo- you both look shattered. <laughs> Thank you. So, remember I said earlier, I'm expecting <laughs> to quite violently hit a wall. The wall has been hit. <laughs> I'll hit it when I start editing this after that mishap. <laughs> mm. um, our next pod will be the review one, won't it? The big boy. It's the end of season. It'll be out in about a week. 
There you go. Out in about a week. And we'll do all the look back at predictions and see where we all put Napoli. And, uh, Seventh. Among other things. <laughs> Can I hang <laughs> on to that prediction for next season when they get Paolo Sousa in and they're shit? <laughs> well, I, don't, I wouldn't trust it though anymore. <laughs> I wouldn't trust myself to think they're going to be bad. Mind you, Gentoli's gone as well, though, isn't he? So, yeah. Um, right, that'll do from us. You'll hear from us in due course. Go read stuff on total-tallyfootball.com because it'd be helpful. Say goodbye, Kevin. Goodbye, everybody. Say goodbye, Connor. Nope. Bye.